Hi, I am Hannah Beer, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Unraveling Money Podcast, where we approach the often stressful, and let's admit it, very confusing topic of money in an entirely new and different way. In this space, money gets to be blissful. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unraveling Money. I am so excited about today's guest. She was recommended to me by Ryan Hartley. If you haven't checked out his episode, it's episode number 22 on the Unraveling Money podcast. It's an amazing, amazing interview. And so at the end, I asked him who should be on the show. And like, he didn't even hesitate. He was like, Esther, Esther, Esther. I was like, who's Esther? I'd never, who's Esther? And so he's, he sent me a link to Esther's um, Instagram and website and she's amazing. So instantly I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. Esther McCann is a manifestation coach. She's in the process of launching her book, Manifesting Happiness. She lives in Bristol in the UK. She's a mom. She is so funny, so outspoken. We just got on this call to record the podcast episode. And after some time, I realized we weren't even recording because she was just already so, so interesting. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, Esther. Thank you so much. And I think, yeah, we need to shout out Ryan and just say thanks, Ryan, for bringing us together. Like, I love Ryan and we're both from the same little kind of backwater town. So I'm always like, oh, good things do come out of there after all. (laughs) See, I love that you say that because you asked me why I moved to Germany or moved back to Germany. I live in this tiny, tiny village. And all my life, I always felt like I needed to be in the big cities to like be someone. But villagers... We can accomplish some things like we can live in swamplands and like get amazing things done. And I just love people like you and Ryan who are, you know, sometimes I call myself like I'm a normie again. Like I now don't live in London or in Amsterdam. Like I'm just a normie. And it's I just I love it. Like it's so nice to have this quiet to just create and create and create. Do you feel similarly? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying about that kind of big big city life calling vibe. Like my family are from London originally. So often I'll get this almost like urge and sense, I want to be in London, you know, I want to be part of the the big noise and the smoke and all the opportunities and things. But actually, you know, I do believe we can create our own opportunities no matter where we are. And I think that's one of the wonders of the internet now is like the way that it can bring people together outside of a city. And you don't need to, you know, live you don't necessarily need to live where all the magic is happening to create your own magic. But I do also think it's great to just be like, you know, let's create opportunities for people outside of places like London or New York or like really big cities, because there's people with big dreams all over the place. And I think it should kind of be accessible to other people. So there's things that I want to do in Bristol, just like they're almost like passion projects, but just to give people opportunities to stuff outside of London as well I love that yeah it really feels like in the UK everything pools in London somehow and I know Manchester and Glasgow and all the other cities in Belfast like they're really following suit and getting so interesting but I love the decentralization of cool stuff that we're working on (laughs) but also it's like in the UK as well you know let's be honest it's not a big place is it like you can be in you can kind of get to London no matter from where you are I mean all right okay some places that are more remote you know but excuse me especially from big cities a couple of hours it's not you know but I don't know why like it's almost like psychologically we're like this is this is so far away and it's like it's not 
not really. <laughs> not when you consider like America and people travel interstate and it's just, I don't know, it's a different mindset, I think, around travel in England. Yeah, absolutely. And London is such an inconvenient city to get around. Yes. It's probably really daunting for many people to even yes. go to London. <laughs> I think, you know, it takes me two hours to get to London, but then it could take you two hours to get across London. So, you absolutely. know, it, it's a minefield in itself. It's fascinating that you mentioned that you are from London. And so your family are from London. Take me about, take me through your childhood and, and what you learned about money growing up. So my my family uh, are from London, but then they moved across the West Country over towards Wiltshire. So for people who don't know, that's just a little bit east of Bristol. And my grandma lived in North London in a very, very nice area. So we would we would go and visit her and things at like Christmas and kind of things throughout the year. So growing up, if I'm being really honest, the probably the best phrase for it is like money was no object. Like it's not... I wasn't, I'm not going to sit there and say I was spoilt and I'm not going to sit there and say like, you know, lived a, you know, a lavish lifestyle, but we were very comfortable. We didn't, you know, want for anything. I don't really ever remember being, you know, particularly deprived of anything really. Like it was just, it was just comfortable. I went to a private school as well. So, um, which my grandma had quite a big hand in. My mum was a housewife. So yeah, it was just... I always say it's quite, it depends on your perception, but I think personally, I had quite a privileged upbringing, especially compared to other people, you know, just there's people who are way worse off than, than I was growing up. So I feel very blessed to have had that. That's beautiful. Did it, so now you work as a manifestation coach and I can imagine that a big part of your work is helping you know, your own passion for manifesting money and abundance and also helping your clients do the same thing. Do you sometimes feel like this early experience with money where you really experienced it as being abundant, that that helps you today? I think that it, I think it, it did and it didn't in the sense of, I mean, this is probably maybe not upbringing, but more along the lines of, certainly my generation and you probably can can relate to this there's nothing in schools that teaches you understanding how to budget money and Mm -hmm. things like this and and I could often get given like a lump of money and I could blow that quite quickly because it was almost like it's kind of like it's kind of not a bad thing but it's also not a great thing I would have that mindset of more money will come so I would just kind of splash it and, you know, usually more money, more money did come. But at the same time, then when you hit the real world of, OK, I'm living on my own and now I have bills to pay and so on and so forth. And I didn't really understand a lot of those things, a lot of those things. And I would, um, especially in my early 20s, before I had my daughter, I basically lived in my overdraft for about probably about five years, I would say like I had like a 1,200 pound overdraft and I always lived in that in that overdraft and then when I got pregnant I was like okay we've got to get it together (laughs) (laughs) got to get it together like stop living in your overdraft um could just be a little bit a little bit too frivolous I think and I love clothes so I think probably spent a lot (laughs) on clothes (laughs) yeah it's amazing that you were able to live with the sense of 
carefreeness and this positive attitude that money is always um, flowing towards you and always abundant and that more will flow in. It sounds like for you, you had this little awakening of, oh crap, I need to grow up. I need to honor and value money more. I need to be more conscious of it. I think that's a really nice way of, of phrasing it is just honoring it and valuing it more and understanding that, you know, it's also a tool uh, to be respected and to be used, it, I believe also to be used wisely. I think like there's a, the balance of like, uh, I suppose like pleasure and purpose and I'm not that, you know, at the end of the day, people go, oh, I don't want to pay my gas and electric. And it's like, yes, but this still provides you massive massive comfort I know it's it's boring but you know where would you be without it but I think it was just yeah taking it to a, a different level of responsibility really and mm -hmm. that's it is learning learning how to uh, respect my money a little bit more yeah that's beautiful I also know that you had a quite a difficult moment with money mm. after your mom passed can you take us to that moment Absolutely. So my mum passed when I was 17, very unexpectedly, uh, wasn't expected at all, no illness or anything like that. And she had already previously lost her sister. So um, they were both quite young in the scheme of things, about 54, 55. And then about two years after my mum passed, my grandma passed. So effectively, that was, I mean, that was just a huge deal, like to lose like three family members, like that, almost like that whole side of that family was gone within a five year span. And my gran um, had a, a very nice, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. She had a nice, a nice life. She had a, you know, she had a decent amount of money. So effectively that money just passed straight to, um, you know, my, my, you know, me, my brother, and, and, you know, a couple of other family members, etc. Um, and I think, again, that's where some of that frivolity came in, in the sense of like, well, I've got, I know I've got money, so I'm just going to splash it. Also, a little bit of the um, boohoo boo me, you know, I deserve, deserve nice things, you know, like kind of treating yourself, probably, topping yourself up with that, things from the material world to make yourself feel better. Uh, but then it, it, it was complicated because then people started to pick up on the fact that I had money um, available to me and kind of just started to abuse that really. And so then it became this sort of thing of, I mean, I'm sure you can understand this anyway, but like, you would much rather have your family than money. Like I'm very grateful for the money that I've got because it's afforded me things that other people just won't experience in their lifetime. You know, it, they, they just won't. And I mean, they can, but that maybe, you know, unless they're working with someone like you or me, that their, their mindset won't, won't get them there. If they're not, if they're not aware, they're probably not even aware that they can, that they can get to these places. Um, but yeah, effectively, you know, of course you would rather wish that you had that person in your life than, than money. And then this kind of bitterness and resentment came up almost around money. It's like, it's getting me, you know, abused. People are taking advantage of me. You know, I've, I've experienced a great loss in order to, to have this, this gain. It's almost like a consolation prize. And 
I think in the end, like I, the way I see it, especially looking back, I started this pattern of not through spending, through unfortunate circumstances, almost like hemorrhaging money. It's almost like there was a subconscious thing going on where it's like, let's get, let's literally get rid of it because you almost don't feel like you're not, I didn't feel safe to have it because I was like, I'm getting judged for having it and people are abusing me as a result. Uh, and also just, it's, I suppose, I don't know if I'd say it's not, I wouldn't say it's feeling unworthy to have money, but I would, I would say it's um, painful is probably a better word. So that's kind of yeah. I'll let you bounce off of that because that was like a big un, a big unpack. <laughs> I can imagine that it may have felt as though the money was a representation. It was like a symbol that three very important people. Mm, yeah, absolutely. They're just gone in such a short period of period of time, and you were so young. So any time like that, money just meant loss. Exactly. It meant absence of those people, and so it makes sense that when money feels painful that we would want to get some distance and money is so easy to spend, right? Like nothing easier than that. Let me just get rid of this thing that reminds me of the people I miss so much. hundred percent. I think like you've hit the nail on the head and it's just, it's like it represents loss. And so you also want to lose it. Yeah. And in another one of my best friends is an adult orphan. She lost both of her parents very young, inherited mm. a lot of money, mm. and she had the awareness. She really knew, she felt that in her body as well. Like, I want to get rid of the money. Like, everything inside of me wants to get rid of it. Yeah. It's so painful to have that in my life. But she also knew that it was a representation of love from her parents. Her yes. parents worked their entire lives and previous generations worked so hard for them to be able to create all this abundance. And so she knew that it was the right thing was to allow the love in and to allow to allow it to stay and to allow it to grow and to comfort her. But it was very difficult to let that in. And she said that the grieving with money, you know, almost took the grief like three steps deeper. Completely. Like I feel like, you know, and I'm not going to, I don't need to branch off into it, but I feel like my mum dying affected every single like aspect of my every single aspect of my life like my relationships with the opposite sex I think it you know affected my money my friendships like absolutely everything but you know especially then when you kind of go out on your own and and money is such a foundation it was just it was almost like I've got a stable foundation but it's not built on a stable foundation because my inner foundation is such a mess and now I've got to a place where it is just so much more stable. But I think a lot of it is having it was having that self-awareness. And well, I first found manifesting or really got into manifesting. And I, I didn't go straight into, okay, I want to manifest this and I want to manifest that. It was more that I looked back at my life and, and thought, what what's been going on here? And looked at the patterns, especially because law of attraction is like, you know, what you're giving out is what you're getting back but I think that's very black and white it's more of and I think most people understand that as almost like how can I put this like I'm not getting much I'm not getting much back so they feel that they're not giving enough and I'm like it's not really that usually it's more of a what you are 
giving out as a a thought a belief and a signal is what you're is what you're mirroring back and it was absolutely probably that I was projecting out a I I don't feel safe to have money let's let's get it gone and so life just almost like was conspiring to take it from me in in a way and now it's you know as you know it's about doing that inner work to go I am safe to have money and and yes you know that money is a symbol of love and hard work and wanting to nurture that and keep it and honor it because that's ultimately what your family would have wanted for you anyway they want you to be especially in their absence they want you to be you know safe and well and looked after so I think it's a complete reframe around what that represents and it is all that it's all about just your perception of what that's come to represent and but I think given that it was in so in so much trauma not just one death it I think it was probably a lot <laughs> a it's lot too person. much to handle for a teenager you were still you know transitioning to into early adulthood at the time that is way too much to handle and you know, on top of that the money like the, the deaths on their own are a yeah. lot to handle well think about you know the amount of people who win the lottery and then they they blow it and that's usually just because there is just a general belief about something yeah. around that and so I'm kind of grateful I, I didn't blow it all <laughs> As a result of everything that you've experienced and learned about money, what are some money best practices and beliefs that you swear by? My one of mine is just having like a, a budget app that absolutely say I swear that saved my life. Because before, you know, and, and a lot of the time, especially when you don't want to face money or you're going, I'm worried about looking at my bank and I'm gonna see lack. Like you do avoid it. Like you're like, I don't, I don't want to look at that. Like, and obviously that just snowballs into problem after problem. And I remember, because again, it was when I was about to have my daughter, I found just like a budgeting app that I started putting everything in my budgeting app. And I would do it for different bank accounts because then me and my husband at a time had a bank account. So I was like, okay, I need to work that one out too. And it just, you know, honestly, just knowing what you're, incomings and outgoings are it's just it sounds so simple but and then keeping on top of it so every day I will go into my bank first thing in the morning it's one of the first things I do as soon as I open my eyes I check my bank I see what's gone out I tally it up in the app you know it takes two seconds and and I know where I stand and and it's just it's easy <laughs> but for me it's also that's for me a very much like an energetic thing of it's almost like if there's a deep for me if there's a deep inner core knowing that I'm not being very responsible with money then I also don't feel worthy of allowing more in because I'm like if I can't even handle this call it a thousand pounds if I can't even handle this a thousand pounds why would I get given mm -hmm. 10 grand like why would I allow more in when I can't even sort this out and um that's just me personally like that's you know other people I think we could, we all have our own very nuanced uh, belief systems around money. And I, I think it's just whatever works for the person. I find it fascinating, but that's for me. It's like, I'm like, I, you know, if I keep, keep on top of it, I know I can handle more, bring it on. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, I think sometimes, especially with taxes and things, people go, Oh, I don't, I don't want more money 
because it means more responsibility and it feels overwhelming. So I try to handle it now so that I I know that I can um, yeah. I I can grow with it. It's almost like you need to prove to yourself that you are capable, that you are responsible, that it is easy, it is doable, oh. you can do it, and you are doing it. And it's, it's like the structures are in place, and so we can, you know, it's like like the sink is in place and the faucet, and now we can turn up the faucet. Yes, and it's like for me, it's about making it this. This is just normal. Like this is normal everyday life. It's not scary. It's not big. Like it's completely safe. Money's just a tool. And it's, I also try to look at it as like, money's my friend. Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people feel like money is a, a power and, and it's, and it, it's that whole, you know, money, money is evil and all of that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, money's my friend. Like money's here to help me. And, mm -hmm. and trying to like uh, reverse that polarity thing around, you know, we're chasing money all the time. And actually I'm like, no, money wants to chase me because I'm going to, I'm going to have fun with it. Like I'm going to play with it and I'm going to use it really, really well. Um, so I try, I try to uh, visually energetically look at it as that I'm allowing, pulling, calling money to myself rather than I'm, you know, clawing after it. Like <laughs> I need you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause what you chase runs away, right? 100%. And everybody always wants to join the party. I once, decided that I was always going to have the most beautiful wallets really? so money in like my vicinity always wants to be in the wallet <laughs> and so I started finding money and everybody started giving me money I'm like oh all the money wants to be I in love the wallet. why wouldn't it it's so much nicer than being in these like old crusty leather wallets in people's you know back pockets <laughs> but it's you know people talk about that as well don't they they say um clear you know when you want to invite more money in like clear out your wallet get rid of all the you know cruddy receipts you know make space um little practices going like you know put put some money you know like in your living room or you know these little feng shui things to just like invite money in and so on and so forth like I love I love all of that kind of thing um I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I do um specifically I think just is that whole thing of like just creating whether it's through healing work or mindset work or whatever but just that feeling of money is safe and mm -hmm. and and shouldn't be avoided because what you avoid avoids you effectively mm -hmm. I love that and so money is safe can then translate to receiving the love from those on the other side of the veil is safe Even yeah I'm not physically present I can still receive that love in the form of money yeah exactly that and and even now it's like you know and again inviting in more money from multiple multiple sources and I know this is so much easier said than done but but trying to truly connect to the divinity of source and understanding that money is just energy and actually we're just labeling up with the big and smalls and the more big we label it the more we close off the allowing valve that says this is easy and natural to have and and it's my birthright to have it but when we're like oh my god it's big and it's out of reach um yeah. you know it's, it's more improbable so I know that's a a stretch for a lot of people trying to change scales but again I think it just comes over time like I know Amanda Francis always talks about energetic minimums in 
her book and says about how oh you know I had this energetic minimum that I was only I was going to always have no matter what like three grand coming in a month and as you as you build and scale on that mindset it's like suddenly it's like oh gosh at one point I remember that three grand felt so big and now it feels it feels so small I think that's just a very human thing to measure but I, I try not to measure because I know it's it it can be limiting yeah I love that you talk about little manifestation rituals and little mindset shifts and a little birdie told me that you wrote a book about that can we talk about the book yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Shall I like wave it at you? Because I've got all these copies of it, like sat in uh, boxes ready to go. Um, so yeah, it's called Manifesting Happiness, a journal to attract all good things. Um, and I've put in the book, I've said it's a it's a journey of being. It's what are you being? How are you showing up? And a couple of, you know, the chapters in the book, because every single week is different. Um, are themed very much around abundance money and success mindset and it's it's very much about getting yourself to look at the way you're showing up and the way you're perceiving your money and and it's all about in relation to yourself because it's so easy for somebody to say oh you know oh well so and so's always got money but usually there's like a backup assumption to that of like what yeah because they've come from privilege and I haven't so I won't have money or just something like that so there's loads of journal prompts every um every week to kind of get you thinking about your relationship to things and um there's an intention setting exercise at the start of every month so people can you know do a little intention setting exercise but there's so many you know who'd I'd love to do another one I'll just should I just throw it out there I'd love to do a specific money one that would be fun mm -hmm. Um, and to throw in lots of little kind of like mini manifestation exercises around money because the thing is it's not even about the exercise really it's about just how it feel, makes you feel like you're opening yourself up or reaching higher states of consciousness but it's fun like it's it's so fun and I love seeing when people come up with new stuff I'm like oh I'm like that's so creative or so simple uh and it, and it doesn't yeah it's just it's just about it is that opening yourself up to more money I love that and it's a beautiful book I'm so excited to to read a copy I'll be in London it's Friday today I'm leaving tomorrow early to London <laughs> but I'll miss your launch party because I heard about this you know, thanks for connecting us, Ryan, but you were just a couple of days late because I had already booked my flights. So I won't be coming to your lunch party. I'm so sad. But I, and I won't even be in London when it's going to be released in the UK. It's such a bummer. I'm just going to have to be old school and order it online. <laughs> so I'm so excited to get my copy and to, to do all the little, I just love manifestation rituals and tools and learning new things. I'm really so excited. And I, so the book will be released in the UK on July 6th. So everybody is in the, July, in, in, in the UK calendar. and the 11th in the United States. Is that right? I, yeah, the 11th in the United States. And um, I think I think people will love it. I think the great thing about it is the illustrator, I will shout her out. Her name is Kerry McNeil and she's done such a great job. Um, you know, it's all these beautiful little color illustrations that just really bring it, bring it to life and make it feel magical. But I think it's going to be great for 
teenagers, you know, people our age. I also think you could give it to your grandma and she, I think she'd love it as well. Like, I think everyone can enjoy it. And I think this is the thing is, I think people can enjoy it no matter where they're at on their journey. Like, I think you could have a complete beginner mind and go in and, and understand what it's all about and, and crack on with it and experience the shifts. And I also think, you know, for people who have been in, you know, practicing self-awareness, you know, self-help manifestation mindset work, I think it, I think it's great for them as well because it's just one of those nice little things of like, okay, hang on a minute. I'm just going to anchor back in really focus on my mental diet. Um, and I just think it's it's going to be good for people at different stages, no matter what. But as I was saying to you, like, please, guys, like, please don't, you know, open it and go, okay, I'll, I'm going to literally power through this in a weekend. Like, the whole point is that it's about giving yourself a journey and a daily practice and really long-lasting results. And um, it's about, yeah, sustainability around those beliefs and not just powering through in a weekend and then going okay that was nice <laughs> like it's I so want funny how sometimes we approach these things as though they're pieces of home homework like we're in school still yeah <laughs> I always need to remind my clients I don't know if you're the same but I always need to remind my clients this isn't homework you're no. not in school you no. I'm not the teacher you need to impress like this is a journey of you taking yes. excellent care of you, but we're so, so trained in the like, oh my God, so many blank pages. I need to accomplish this. Yeah. And, and it's saying it's not an accomplishing thing. It's an enjoying, experiencing, kind of savoring it thing. I love that. The word savoring is really nice. And it's just about, it's about you choosing you and all of manifestation and, and expansion is about you choosing you and doing it because you're like, you know what, actually, I really love myself and I want to take myself to the next level. And I think when you, come at things from that angle like you you become your own biggest motivation uh and I think it's I think it's an easy commitment as well like it's an easy commitment it's not a big ask um mm -hmm. you know it's not it, it isn't like oh god like this I've got to do this you know a hundred times a day because you know some manifestation exercises they're like okay you have to write this affirmation out like a million times and I'm like I haven't got time for that like so, <laughs> I mean I'm just like no like and I, I also don't want my, if your manifestation practice is boring, then you're you're not reaching this mm -hmm. state of consciousness because you're not connecting to the feeling state. So unless you have a belief where you're like, oh, manifestation needs to be hard. And I've just put in a load of hard work doing this exercise. So now I know I'm going to get it because that's a belief system that could also potentially serve you. However, I'm not a big advocate of hard work laborious manifesting but I'm very much about like this should be fun this should be flowy connect to the feeling state so I'm also kind of like yeah create your own rules around it like you'll manifest what you believe is possible for you and based around conditions so just open yourself up a little bit more to making it an easy process and not a hard process amazing <laughs> can you hear my assistant <laughs> little head thing up and down. Hey Gracie, this is Esther. Hey podcast listeners. Gracie just came in. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about making manifesting really easy and fun. Grace is manifesting another episode of Bluey. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Esther, I just love your approach. I love your lightness. I love your play. I love how fun 
manifestation is, how simple it can be. I love your YouTube channel with all the amazing subliminals. So for people who are just now like, oh my God, I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to get a copy of the book. Where can they get in touch with you? Okay. Um, So the best place to get in touch with me where like you're going to find all my social media links is www.missmanifesto.com. I'll just spell manifesto because let's be honest, no one ever gets it. So M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-H-E-R. So missmanifesto.com. You can get my YouTube there and my Instagram. That's my main two social platforms. Um, There are links on there to finding manifesting happiness, but I would always advocate guys go and look in, you know, your small independent bookshops, please, please support independent um, retailers, but you can get it from, um, you know, Amazon in the UK, Waterstones. And in America, you can get it from places like um, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, you know, all those places. But um, yeah, please try and like shop local and, and see if you can find it with independent people because we want to help those people too. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Congrats again on the book. Thank you. Thank and you an absolute me. joy having you on the podcast. And we're going to have you back on the YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm so excited. You can educate everybody about all the money because I know they all want the money. <laughs> Absolutely. Money makes life so much more fun and so much easier. Absolutely. Everybody should have lots and lots of it absolutely like and that's it isn't it is and that's probably a nice a nice thing to kind of wrap it on is that um there's enough for everybody and I think most people are like no it's it's like no there is enough for everybody but we have to uh cut out cut out these kind of beliefs that it's limited and just open ourselves up to going actually there up there is so much supply for everybody it's so true I always think about you know if Imagine two babies being born. Does one of them deserve to be less cared for, less loved, less safe, less resourced than the other? And we often appoint ourselves like that baby. Like we often feel that everybody else gets to be loved and comfortable, but we don't. Mm. But then that's not true love if it doesn't also include ourselves. Mm. And so for anybody listening who's like, yeah, well, but I don't need that much or it's frivolous or it's shallow. You know, Esther's <laughs> book or listen to more episodes of the podcast. And I really hope that we can successfully make the case that you do, in fact, deserve to have all of your needs met and all of your desires fulfilled, that it, that's absolutely safe, right and good and really natural. And everybody deserves it. Completely agree. And it's it's you can't link money up to your worth, like because your worth is infinite. You're you are we're all worthy like there isn't one person who is more worthy than another person like technically on a divinity scale because we're all extensions of source like we are all love and light so um come on guys connected to that and and remember (laughs) remember who you are Absolutely. Esther, you are a freaking hoot. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today and I'm so excited to connect further. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, gorgeous. Bye. I've got a special gift for you. Claim your 13 Money Bliss affirmation cards and accompanying audio at hannahbeer.com slash affirmations. That's H-A-N-N-A-B-I-E-R dot com slash affirmations for free right now. These affirmation cards are magical. When you read them once, twice, again and again, 
they will open the way to a new and more fruitful relationship with money. You'll start to live this energy called money bliss and be astounded with the amazing results you can create in no time. I promise. Head on over to hannahbeer.com slash affirmations now.